Hello, plant people, and welcome to In the Grow. I'm Rachel Boyd, and with plant expert Vikram Baliga, we're picking up where we left off last week in our conversation with Nick Nowicki of Good Earth Recycling. Enjoy. I mean, we did long time ago. We talked about there was a, a even Legos. The the plastic for Legos is made from like an enzyme from fungus. So like, I yeah. wonder if it's easily biodegradable because it's made from that rather than like, yeah, you know, oil based or something. Yeah, yeah, pretty so interesting. Fungus is like the natural recyclers of yeah of the world. No, they are. Yeah, the fungus makes the world go around. And yeah. see, I feel like the. <laughs> the you know the planet would naturally one day evolve to something that eats plastic it's sure. just you know hadn't had the timeline for that yet yeah but that would be great it would be pretty if cool we, stuff. especially if we could help it along and make that happen a little yeah. quicker i think it's fun that we're all like hopeful for that we're like <laughs> yeah fungus eating plastic that's the way love fungus <laughs> no that's pretty cool yeah <laughs> i don't know i uh i just think that you know what you do and kind of what we're talking about like like you said, it makes me really hopeful for our future and like my kids' future, my grandkids' future that we have spent 100 years, 150 years, unfortunately, doing a lot of damage. But mm-hmm. that also means that we can find ways to dig ourselves out of it and, yeah. and make a, you know, future that lives a little bit more in harmony with nature and yeah. things like better recycling programs and buildings that integrate plant material and all of those things are really really fun and exciting for me they may, like they give me a lot of hope yeah yeah and i don't think we built it out of this inherent disregard for the planet i think we just no. didn't know what we were doing yeah. at exactly. the time exactly yeah. and now we're figuring it out and so now we're adapting but yeah. we've already built this framework that we're within mm-hmm. so the adaption just takes a little time to to, to yeah. navigate yeah but like you said it's exciting that we can be so innovative and that hopefully those prospects are in our future like a near future hopefully yeah i hope so too yeah very cool so i i asked this on my other podcast and i just i thought i would ask you like if there was something you wish people knew about either your industry or if you had a piece of advice you would want to throw it like our listeners what would that be like what do you want people to really take home and leave with i guess take home that how you handle your trash and what you consume, how it affects everything else. And so it's not just, you know, taking up something at the store and then throwing it away and it's just gone forever. That still has to go somewhere and it still has to get processed. And whether that's in a landfill or a recycling center, it doesn't just disappear. And so just having that awareness for the waste that you're creating. And that's kind of all, that's that's really what we do is we just help waste get, you know, processed in a different way yeah but it still has to go somewhere mm-hmm. and so just it, it starts from whenever you first make that purchase though and what those decisions are yeah i love it what is the coffee company that you're using that that will recycle their pods i think it's just keurig mm. okay i was just curious i'm not sure maybe well i'm not, I'm not sure i'm not a particular <laughs> i'm not really a fan of pods but <laughs> yeah. i know there are a lot of people that are so that would be good i'm to not know. a big fan of pods either my, my wife really likes them mm. so it's just that quick yeah. coffee yeah, yeah. in the morning and the then... convenience is a big deal yeah i'm too much of a coffee snob i don't i don't i don't think it tastes the same i'm just a... see i prefer a pot too because yeah. then you can just kind of refill as you need it yeah. it's a lot harder to refill a pod because it just adds the entire cup at once yeah, yeah. i do pour overs and that's yeah, just too. easy for me. That works. Yeah. <laughs> no, that is cool though. I like that. Yeah. And I, again, I, I think it's exciting that even 
on the market side of it, people are, or companies are starting to say, oh, this is what people care about. The, and it, it's funny because you see these decisions that companies make and people tend to often applaud these companies, which I think they should. Mm-hmm. But what we should be more excited about is that the general ethos is changing, right? The yeah. general like market outlook and market, um, um, what's the word I want? perspectives i don't know whatever demographics just what people are after what people think is important is starting to change Mm -hmm. yeah and then the companies catch up and do what the customer wants yeah and you know eventually the municipalities do too but yeah so it's nice because i do think it starts from the individual too and then that trickles to your neighbors and then companies and then you know cities and things like that um something i've always heard and i think this was from people that for whatever reason were people like to be against things for obscure reasons that are that don't make sense to me right but i've always you know growing up i always heard a rumor that oh we don't we don't need to worry about recycling because they just like take it and bury it and whatever anyway is there any truth to that or is that just like something that someone who didn't want to go through the trouble came up with <laughs> yeah I, I don't know i've never heard that i mean that's kind of what i've heard that, that too. yeah right okay that's kind of what landfills are yeah right so but that's not really recycling i mean you yeah. know recycling they've got these huge machines and sorting and they get all the individual materials separated so yeah you know they're not going to go through all of that time and effort and then just bury it well and i think i think the point they were like getting after and i again it's this is just stuck in my brain from when i was in from when i was a kid and Mm -hmm. i don't know why it's there but it's one of those things that's just there i think the point they were making is like oh we can't recycle in Lubbock and this was maybe specific to here right okay oh, yeah. we don't have a facility here so if you like if we collected recycling they just go buried at the dump until we get a facility but mm. it doesn't sound like that's true because it sounds like it goes to somewhere that there is a facility and that doesn't make any sense yeah well we definitely make sure it gets recycled the right way yeah yeah and so that's that's more of a, uh, you know making sure that we do things the right way so we make sure that the process is vetted and we know who we're working with and make sure that it actually gets recycled. But yeah, as I haven't heard of just burying recycling, but I, you know, I guess somewhere it, I it could happen. I think that is kind of a lot, like I heard that when I came to Lubbock, cause growing up in Corpus, they were very much like reduce, reuse, recycle and lots of water conservation stuff. I remember from, you know, even like primary school being taught, like you need to turn the water off when you brush your teeth and like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Was it like that for you? Yeah, yeah, to a certain extent it was, but again, we've had, I don't know, our our culture here has changed a lot since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, and I'm not that, I'm 35, like I'm not that old, but like we didn't really talk about much of this stuff then when I was a kid. Like we talked about reduce, reuse, recycle and those kinds of things, but it was never in a, I don't want to say it like active sort of way. It was always just like, oh, these are good things to keep in mind. Right. But yeah. we never had those conversations about, okay, what does that actually mean to do these things? And so it was very much just this is a thing we say because we're supposed to say it and not anything that really had any legs. And and I'm glad to see like I, I see the stuff that my son comes home with and mm-hmm. like what they talk about in his schools, and it's very much changed uh in the past thirty years. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's really nice to see kind of that shift especially starting with um with kids yeah Yeah. and the education system that they're a part of yeah you you mentioned off mic earlier that uh landfills also have changed quite a bit and they're looking at even different ways to um have sort of secondary uses for stuff that ends up that can you talk about that a little bit yeah so landfills they're they're so regulated that you know they're not necessarily this kind of doom and gloom 
place. Uh, they really make sure that there's no seepage into the groundwater. And then there's a bunch of landfills, like in Colorado, where they actually capture the methane that's produced from you know the the biodegradation of the material, and then use that methane as fuel. So it is getting reused in, in that sense. So it's this trash that's getting you know decomposed and turned back into fuel again. Yeah. So that's kind of a cool cool way of of at least utilizing what is thrown away in that 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 process. Yeah, because I think when I think of landfills, I think of the movie Wall-E. Right, like yeah. where it's just this dystopian like nightmare land where like there's trash piled up into the clouds and a sad little robot having to compress it or whatever. Yeah, uh, but it, it's cool that, and I'm sure there are places where it's less, maybe less progressive in some ways. But it's cool to hear that those regulations are changing and that we're being a lot more mindful of how we treat our planet, even in a landfill. Yeah, and they even have to monitor the landfill for like 30 years after it's done being used just hmm. to make sure that you know everything's running smooth so it almost seems like it should be longer because some of that stuff takes right really long time to break down you know one cool idea i thought it would be fun to one day see our landfills basically being this fruitful mine of possibilities where we're able to go back in and like harvest that material and use it in a productive way again mm -hmm. and somehow we innovate or the technology changes and all of a sudden everyone looks at landfills and kind of goes like oh wow there's all that stuff that's there let's let's pull it out and and have some benefits from it I like this guy he's a dreamer yeah <laughs> you know no, but like a, a business savvy dreamer we need we need more people like that yeah, yeah. like no it gives again it gives it gets me excited about it too because like it's easy to listen to, I think, the overall talking points about mm -hmm. environment. Oh, we're 90 seconds to midnight and, and yeah. all of this stuff and just get really down about our prospects of fixing a lot of these problems. And hearing you talk and hearing just start listening to our conversation and the things I've learned through doing this show and all of this and all the other things I do is that there is maybe a place for that type of communication. But maybe it's not as productive as we once you know thought it was that giving people hope about the cool things we do is maybe a lot more important yeah, yeah i think we've been hearing kind of doom and gloom for so long that mm -hmm. it's kind of uh draining yeah and you know whenever they had the ozone layer uh -huh. everyone reacted really quickly and we we resolved it by not producing those chemicals anymore and so i feel like you know there's been so much negativity and people are starting to lose that hope but there's a lot of really positive things that are happening right now that are moving in the right direction. And so it's just changing our entire energy infrastructure is, I feel like it's already happening. I think I saw something today, you know, it was just a headline, but so I didn't read the article yet, but that the EU was, you know, requiring all vehicles to be electric by 2035. Mm -hmm. And that would be really exciting and a big, big mm -hmm. change forward too. So I do think all of those things are happening and, you know, it starts with, the individual making just slightly different decisions mm -hmm. as a household. Yeah, I agree that it's it's refreshing to hear somebody talk about it in like an in an inspirational almost uh -huh. like capacity rather than just like doom and gloom. It's really nice to hear you talking about and reminding us that yeah, we are innovative as a society. If people come up with new ideas, we want to thrive, not just survive there are ways forward it's not just an apocalyptic future like we probably will come up with something because yeah. yeah we want 
to continue to thrive. <laughs> like that's the driving factor in human nature, right? Like mm-hmm. we don't want to just be, we want to yeah. get better. When you were talking about the electric cars, what do you think about the, the batteries? Like I know he, he, there's always another side where they're like, well, no, it's so bad because you use so much plastic to make the battery and the lithium or yeah, whatever. And the lithium like, and... Is it really, is it more beneficial overall? Can you speak to how, I guess, is what I'm saying in articulately? Yeah, well, so again, you know, it could just almost be this, the electric car where it's at now is like the Model T. Yeah. And we develop over time and, you know, who knows, maybe we have cars that are, uh, the material that it's made from is fully a solar powered generator mm-hmm. and maybe we find a different source other than lithium that we could use as a battery mm-hmm. i think they did just find a, a new mine in uh like norway or sweden or something like that where they just found a bunch of of lithium mm-hmm. so it's it's uh, a bigger supply than than we uh-huh. thought we had uh but yeah you know again i just i think it's a the first step is just reducing our emissions and then after that it's kind of figuring out what's the most efficient way to continue on that path and that trajectory. And I've, I've read a couple articles recently about um, new battery tech that they're working on that doesn't use mm-hmm. a lot of these uh, heavy metals and a lot of these other things that like even even using um, like crystalline quartz and salt and um, different types of materials that they're finding, oh, we can store energy in this, like where we can use it as like storage cells and uh, solar generators and, and wind generators and things like that. So I, I really like that analogy of like what we see in our we are very much an instant gratification kind of species and society where it's like, no, I want this to be perfect and work great now. Yeah. But I really like the analogy of like our electric cars today are like the model T was 120 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It works, but it's rudimentary. Right. With the rate that technology increases right now, we probably don't have to wait a hundred years to get much better technology. Who yeah. knows what it'll look like in 10 years? Yeah. Yeah. And the innovations, uh, since we're so globally connected and we're able to share knowledge with each other and the innovations just happen, you know, at light speed compared to how they were before in the last 10,000 years. For sure. Yeah. And I, it's exciting that I, again, I'm, I'm excited. This isn't just like a doom and gloom talk and it, that's, yeah. I think that's good to put out there and people will respond to that. And I hope you know I'm not like trying to be a naysayer when I ask like what no, you know, I mean, people say. It's, it's more like I know there are other people out there like me who have maybe family members or friends that are on that side of saying like, oh no, these are actually, they're not helping, but uh, in like the electric batteries or yeah. whatever. But really, like you said, we don't know where it's gonna go. We're yeah. at a very rudimentary state, even though we are technologically advanced yeah but sure. it's gonna continue and well that's and that, really cool. that that skepticism and the you know those questions that kind of come from the outside i think it also helps you problem solve as a yeah. as a collective kind of if people weren't out there pointing out what's wrong with lithium pointing out what's wrong with this or that then we wouldn't be trying to find alternatives so mm-hmm. we kind of need both sides yeah yeah no and i think that's really good like being able to vet and question and and all of that is a good thing and you know we can take that too far and there's a line in there where you know you question things from a like standpoint of like 
I don't know, maybe combativeness or, or you have an agenda with the way you question things. But I think like asking like legitimate questions about, oh, but you know, this is maybe exploitative in some ways, or, you know, there's other, there's other issues when we talk about new technology all the time that mm-hmm. again, like, I, I like that you, you have that thought too, that no, this is a healthy discourse as we innovate. Like, are we innovating ethically? Are we innovating equitably yeah. and all of those things? Yeah, absolutely. And it should be done in in that healthy discourse way where it's not combative and argumentative. Yeah. So I have a question that is maybe dumb. I don't know. And definitely out of place in this this discussion. I love it. So already or like out of out of like time in this discussion. I should have asked it earlier. I'm phrasing it in the way that's like as minimally stupid as possible. Like, how do they do it? Like, okay, say they get a whole bunch of like milk bottles like milk jugs what do they do with it are they grinding it up into like plastic prills are they melting it down like how does it go from this had milk in it to this is either a new milk jug or another plastic product or glass or whatever yeah so there's mechanical recycling and chemical recycling and there's not a whole lot of chemical recycling processors around, although there is one being built in Houston. Okay. And so the chemical ones, they try to take it back to their polymer state to where it can be directly reused. Wow. Uh, and so that's really cool. Um, but, you know, there are still some pros and cons with that as well. And then the mechanical state, they, they do it, what you were talking about, where they grind it into pellets. And okay. then those pellets are able to be reused as a new input in manufacturing. And that's, that's the most common way is that they... They source all of that material into its, you know, type, and then they pelletize it and and send it to a manufacturer. Same with glass. Like, are they grinding glass into smaller beads and then remelting it and re refiring it and things like that? Yeah. So they do glass a, a few different ways. Um, there's a lot of bottlers that actually just want the bottles straight back. Oh, okay. And you know, then they that saves them from having to even make a new bottle. Yeah. Uh, so send all your Topo Chico bottles back. Exactly. <laughs> yep. We go through a lot of Topo Chico bottles. <laughs> I used to, but been doing the cans. But it's like, yeah. like I said before, there's. You know, it's good to know y'all do glass because ever since COVID, I was like, I'm not going to buy Topo Tico because I can't, I don't know what to do with all these bottles. Yeah. And glass really should be recycled because for one, it's infinitely recyclable, just like metal. I mean, it's never going to lose its integrity. And then for two, we've got a sand shortage globally. Oh, wow. So having uh, glass means that we're using less sand Mm -hmm. uh, for, you know, as a manufacturing input. So glass is extremely important to recycle and it's... And it's, you know, it's heavy, so a lot of manufacturers don't like using it. But, I mean, it doesn't transfer uh, any kind of chemicals from, you know, whatever it's storing. Right. Uh, So it's beneficial in a a ton of different ways. You know, the only downside is just that it weighs so much, manufacturers don't like using it the way that they used to. Sure. She said said some bottlers, like, directly reuse the bottle. And then, I guess, do they do... is another process like grinding it in a frit that can be like refired? Is are there any mm-hmm. other means of use? Yeah, so they they do also yeah grind it into to basically the sand or the frit to reuse, and then they also will make uh, fiberglass with it as well. Oh, okay. So they can they can turn it into insulation, which is pretty cool. Huh. And then sometimes they'll also use it as an abrasive or in uh, road construction things like that too. That's so fascinating. Can I send my bottles straight back to Topo Chico? You can call them and see. That'd be that'd be kind of a fun experiment to see yeah. if if yeah. you know you could just ship them right back to them. It's kind of 
I'm a little sad it's Coca-Cola now. Uh, you know, it's okay. In the Grow investigates. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's great. It's just, it was so cool. Like, you know, I, I used to live so close to the border and I lived down there a lot. And Monterey was where it's based. And it was a its own company for like a hundred, over a hundred years or something that was like local yeah. there. And I always thought that was really cool. So I was a little sad to see it go. Yeah. But you know, such is the way of progress, I guess. Mm-hmm. My wife loves Topo Chico. If we go on vacation on a road trip, she'll usually pack a case just because they don't, you know, they only sell it in like a couple states. So, oh, yeah. really? Yeah, because we we were that. somewhere in like Tennessee, and she was trying to find it and couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah. So she's like, I'm just gonna start bringing my own case with me. Yeah, I guess I like that. <laughs> that's a text. Like, I'm just like, Have what? Chico you can't find t- Topo Chico? How? Never. That's yeah. like we go to the New England and they don't have Dr. Pepper. Or like it's upsetting. sweet tea. They're like, oh, no, they, they like people get like offended by that. Yeah. I have an aunt that lives in, in New Jersey and I was up there visiting when I was younger and asked for sweet tea. And they just looked at me like, what does that mean? Like, oh, yeah, that's funny. Mind. I was up in uh, the Northeast and they didn't have sweet tea there either. And I'm like, yeah. you know, this is it's a. Like it's it's tea with sugar in it. Like, yeah. what do you want from me? Yeah. Make it make it cold. <laughs> yeah, they're like, what's wrong with you, you heathens? Yeah, <laughs> drinking your iced tea with sugar. That's how we like it. So we know. just bring your own tea if you go to yeah overseas. Yeah. <laughs> well, overseas, I mean, yeah, you're not gonna find like iced tea, but there's lots of hot tea for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that answers most of the things that I was like yeah. really curious about with the. I mean, I was going to ask, it's, it is important to really make sure you rinse like cans and things that, especially things that have like sugary stuff like Cokes, because I I don't know how true it is, but I, I heard it's, it can really gunk up the machines that they use to break it down. Is that, how can you speak about that? Yeah, it's definitely better to have it rinsed. I mean, if there's a little bit of Coke at the bottom, it's really not going to affect too mm-hmm. much. Um, but it's, it's always good, you know, cause the, 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 the processors, they want it as close to a virgin product as possible mm. yeah. for, for them to reuse. So just kind of return, kind of think of it that way and returning it to that state where there's no food on it. Mm-hmm. So that's the best way to look at it. Man, those milk jugs, I, yeah, pff, rinse those. Cause I, all I could think about when you were talking about those milk jugs was like Ooh. nasty, crusty, yeah, like with like a, fi- oh, there's nothing like spoiled milk out yeah. in the sun. Like the- what, so oh. that, that actually leads me to another question. So if you, like you're talking about how if there's something in a bag that shouldn't be there, you kind of leave a note or you send an email or whatever. Yeah. So if you had like someone that threw like a half a milk jug, like a half full milk jug in your, like, what do you do with that? Do you just throw it away? Yeah. Well, if it's all like, you know, contaminated the entire bag, you know, unfortunately some, yeah. some of the stuff is going to end up as trash. Uh, but if it's, you know, one item that we can pick out, we usually do. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's kind of, you know, we that's kind of the training of our, our guys. And we, we try to hire really passionate people that are, that understand why this is important. Mm-hmm. And so they, they take on a lot of a responsibility to make sure that it's, you know, done the right way and it looks good before we send it off. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they're in there and yeah, from time to time, I just see them pull out a milk carton or something like that. <laughs> it, you'd be surprised how many people don't uh, rinse out milk cartons. It's frustrating. <laughs> Yeah, we rinse ours out at home as soon as it's it's done. Yeah, it's funny. I'll actually if I'm if I'm just not in the mood to rinse it out, I'll just leave an empty milk carton in the fridge because uh-huh. I'm like, you don't well, want least... it to get stinky. Yeah. yeah, I do that too. Yeah, and I'm like, well, until I'll you're ready to take care of it, I'll rinse <laughs> yeah. it tomorrow. I'm yeah, glad it's I'm not the only one. Yeah, it's better than sitting on the counter and. Mm-hmm. 
developing a society inside yeah. it. Yeah. And it'll start to like inflate too with the gases. <laughs> oh, no. Well, maybe it'll grow fungi that eats it. Yeah, there you yeah. go. It'll it's just like take care of itself. Yeah. Just break itself down. I guess most of the cartons that aren't plastic are recycled recyclable as well right yeah most of them yeah because i don't the, the milk i buy doesn't come in a plastic jug it's like a carton oh so some of those you just got to double check you know because there's so many different products out there mm -hmm. i can't tell you off the top of my head yeah. but some of those what they do is it's this like paper based that they coat with plastic yeah so if, if that's the case then you know it may not be recyclable because oh. yeah it's like a dual i guess Man, material yeah, kind of i might have to material. change what kind of milk i get <laughs> which is hard for me because i get i have to get the lactate anyway yeah so it's lactose free you yeah know, whatever like a specific brand of that but yeah. they definitely sell though it seems like it's that plastic coated paper you can bit get a uh, glass milk yeah yeah they do or like canada has bag milk yeah bag milk <laughs> yeah it just seems funny to get like a bag of milk on your porch it does yeah they should do the milk deliveries you know whenever the guys yes. like drop off the milk that's that such like a fun. like a old 50s tv aesthetic yeah. yeah that really should still be a thing i like that yeah, yeah. i mean Especially if it's in a glass. Like, I don't know right. why. I just it's like. Cool. I like liquids that come in a glass. Well, Toco it Chico, does, yeah, it doesn't impart, sugar cane Cokes, you know. Like, yeah, it doesn't impart any flavor to it. Like, it's, yeah. it's neutral and all I that. swear it's the cool. fizz is better. I mean, that's just anecdotal. But, like, personally, my preference is, like, things that are fizzy, they taste better out of glass than a can. I can see that. That's probably yeah. true. Yeah. Although, yeah. like, I know canning technology has advanced a lot even recently so that's gotten better but it just per personal preference i like things fizzy from a it's bottle it's just that like comfort feeling when yeah. it's in a bottle yeah we used to i went to i did my undergrad at a&m and we'd drive through dublin oh yeah yeah, yeah so we'd always stop and pick up a couple of cases of the uh like the sugar old dr. sugar cane dr yeah. pepper and the oh, last yeah. bottles mm -hmm. um and it's just it just hits different you know yes. <laughs> it has yeah. better mouthfeel yeah oh that's a mouthfeel i know it sounds weird but it <laughs> but does it's, it's no, not I... like it doesn't like the corn syrup leaves like a film almost or like that sticky syrupy feeling because it's a syrup right yeah and whereas the, the soda that's made with the cane sugar it's just like yeah you're gonna get a jolt of sugar rush but it feels better on the mouth <laughs> yeah there's actually a um coke uh, soda bar in Austin where that's all they do is just soda, but they do like original sodas. Oh, that's cool. So cool. Yeah. you can just go in and get like whatever you want. Fancy. Yeah, that's cool. The whole time we, we've been re saying reduce, reuse, recycle, I just kept thinking about, you remember Rocco's Modern Life? Yes. And they had a recycling yeah. episode. That was a weird era of cartoons. <laughs> There's a song in it. And that's all I kept hearing in my head. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird cartoon. I loved it. That explains a lot about us. Does it? <laughs> Millennials. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He may not be a millennial. Well, we still we still watch cartoons every Saturday. You can go on uh Oh yeah. On HBO and they've just got like all the old Cartoon Network ones. That so is fun. Yeah. We'll still have our Saturday morning cartoons. Nice. <laughs> I dig it. Yeah, I do too. We should have you back when you have started your garden and see how it's going. Yeah, definitely. Use I hope your I reviews. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. I hope I do good. Not not have like, you know, little tiny tomatoes that are all eaten up by birds that I can't can't actually eat. I'm like, nah, well, I guess it'll be fine. 
back to the compost for you. It'll be yeah, more for... likely to be eaten by a worm than <laughs> birds. Like a bird. Yeah. What is that one? Is it like a T- horn tomato worm? hornworm? Yeah, the hornworm. Get... So, so what are your thoughts on this? We're trying to do an elevated uh, uh-huh. a bed, but one of the metal ones. Uh-huh. Do those get too hot? No, no, no. We use them out here. Um, and actually, if you look in the garden, like right outside the door, we have big metal tubs. Yeah. And uh, what I recommend is wrapping like before you put soil in it get some landscape fabric or or people use cardboard or different things it's just whatever you can get or have mm-hmm. and line it okay. so one that creates a little bit of a heat transfer barrier but soil insulates really well even potting soil okay and so you may get some right around the edge of the container that burn just a little bit yeah but once you get you know more than a couple inches away like they do great and i i'm a big proponent of that because they're easy to get wood is so expensive still right now that like yeah. building a wooden raised bed is almost cost prohibitive for a lot of people yeah i know it is for me i never make those and no. but you can pick up like those metal tubs for really not that much and you can recycle and reuse a lot of things that are similarly shaped and constructed but no i'm a big proponent of using those metal tubs for for raised beds yeah for sure well hopefully we get some in the recycling and i can just take it home one day yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh no i'm keeping this yeah, yeah. i bet you get you come across like those big barrels that you can use for rain barrels. Yeah, so I would like to do that too. I just don't have a gutter system. That's oh, when yeah. we should have him back. We should, if you get one so of I those, should get a gutter should, system. Uh, no, I meant barrel. the the barrel. Oh and yeah, you can come and and do the making a rain barrel episode with us. Okay, yeah. Oh, that'd be kind of fun. Yeah, you know, and I've seen people that, um, and this is, you know, diverging a little bit, but I've seen people that that'll get two of them, like two rain barrels mm-hmm. or two big barrels, and they'll sort of cut a strip out of one and almost make like like the cone of shame they put on a dog. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Like make one of those just to expand the surface area and almost just like invert it on top of the barrel they're trying to catch water in, mm-hmm. just as an extra little catchment that funnels it down. Okay. So like there's even without gutters like there's corners of your roof where water yeah. will pour off and yeah. Uh, yeah things like that so there are ways even without gutters that you could take in one of those old like blue plastic drums or whatever yeah. and uh and collect really a lot of water yeah. that would be great for your garden and great for your raised beds and things like that yeah. okay yeah yeah I, was... I don't i don't have like the gutters that come off at my house either but there's yeah. definitely a spot like right in front by my porch where it all kind of like seems to come out right there so i'll put a bucket there when it rains and yeah you get silt in it and stuff but your plants don't care about that yeah no it's funny we have a ton of house plants and if it's raining at all, because I've heard rainwater is just so good, so good for plants. Well, I, I, if you know, it's been so cold lately that yeah. it's, I, I don't want to stick them out there. So I go out with like a bunch of different, you yep. know, gallon yep. jars. Just, what are you yeah. just trying to like catch as much rainwater. Yeah, so. I do that too. And you look like a crazy person, yeah. but that's great. Yeah. I also, if when it's warmer, I'm the one like running outside and putting all my plants yeah. outside <laughs> so they get some rain. Yep, we do that too. But we have like 50 house plants, so I'm like yeah. back and forth. Back and forth. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of work. But no, it's and rainwater is is uh, they've done a lot of research. It actually is better for your plants than uh, like tap water or city water or anything mm-hmm. like that. Even it's it's even better than like reverse osmosis or filtered water. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it tends to have a little bit of nitrogen in it for fertilizer. It tends to be just slightly acidic or neutral, which is what your plants want. Um, and so yeah, rainwater anytime you can collect it um, in old containers you've recycled or anything else, or yeah. it's great. Yeah, I'm a big proponent of that. Yeah. Yeah, so now another use for some of the containers we might get. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So if people are interested in your services, 
What's your website? So our website is goodearthrecycle.com. If you just look us up and just type in good earth recycling, uh, we'll pop right up. Yeah. And then you call us, email us, or just check us out online. Yeah, I know I'm going to. Oh, no, me too. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah we're both like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was great to have you and get to know you a little bit. And I do think we should have you back because this was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Thank yeah. you guys for having me. Of course. All right, everybody. Until next time, reduce, reuse, recycle, and happy planting. Yeah. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.